Hey, everybody. It's Chris and Rick Talk Guitars. I'm hooking up with Chris. It's been a while. Chris, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good. Better now. Yeah. Things are getting a little bit more under control. The COVID hunker down? The COVID hunker down, yeah. Yeah. You guys just staying in the shack and... Staying in the shack. Um, the wife is holed up for a couple of weeks. She had surgery, so I'm in charge of the wife and the animals. So that's kind of full time. Yeah, things are good. Good with you there? Yeah, we're we're hunkering down, little doggies, and same. You know, we're just kind of trying to limit exposure. But Danielle's a teacher, so she's got a bunch of little rats running around with you know their masks on in various varying degrees of. Um, you know, on or off. And, but yeah, there's sticky mitts on everything. Exactly. The little germ factories. Mm -hmm. Well, cool. Well, you mentioned a topic uh, that I kind of dig the idea of, which do you want to, you want to lay it out or the topic? I don't know if I can. Um, It's basically, we're talking what to call the topic would be something about music theory or lack of music theory and learning to play the guitar because both you and I have been playing about the same amount of time, pushing like 40 years or something. Yep. And we both have about the same level of, of uh, um, theory, like illiteracy. Yeah. And it's just something that I never really, I didn't go that way back when I started. So I didn't, I don't really know that much about music theory, but it's just, I think it'd be interesting to talk about the ways that we got around that and how we, you know, how you, you know, when playing by ear and just by intuition, how that, you know, brings you along as a guitar player. Uh, and definitely, I mean, I, I definitely think that, you know, being as music theory savvy as you can is definitely a benefit. But I think that a lot of the music that we grew up on and a lot of the music still made today are by, by you know, theory illiterates and just some of the ways that they navigate around the fretboard, not really knowing much theory. Yeah, I like that. That's uh, that's a good, a good job. I like that. Yes. Um, I, I, I'm the same way. Yeah. I've been playing a long time and I learned by putting on records and listening to what was going on. And then like you, we, you and I were talking about somebody taught us the blues scale, right? Which is that everybody knows that blues scale. Um, like and the minor pentatonic. Yeah. And you play that over those three chords and it sounds great. But then if you're listening to another song that maybe has minor chords in it or seventh chords or, or a different chord progression, then you start to play that over it and you go, you know, for me, at least that was my education, right? It's like, I'm playing that, that scale I learned, but this, these chord progressions are different. And so it doesn't sound right. And so I got to find different notes within that scale or, or another scale as it were, you know, to make things sound good over those, those chords. And so for me, it was kind of that slow evolution of like, okay, cool. I know this blues scale. And then I can listen to in the most rock and roll songs that I was learning were, you know, pretty safe within the context of that scale. Um, but then once you, you know, but then I'm listening to like, yes, or, you know, prog rock or, you know, <laughs> or just other music that, that has, you know, a little more complex chord structure or song structure. And then you're going, huh, okay, well, let's see now I, I got to find different notes so that I can kind of make my solo sound good over those chords. Is that kind of how, is that, was that kind of your, how your journey started on that? Yeah. I started with, I don't know. I didn't really have books back when I first started, but I think somebody showed me what is the, the minor pentatonic for blues 
like and so you're playing an a and you're playing in that that like starts at the fifth fret or whatever and you know across the neck you play like that and i learned that and as soon as you learn that and you learn how to do hammer-ons and pull-offs you know you think you're the best you're, you think you're pretty amazing so now you can do all this stuff but you're like stuck in the middle of the neck <clears throat> and then you run into something where someone's playing the um the major pentatonic scale over an A or something. You're like, why does it sound so, why can't I, that's not here where I'm playing, you know, you can't find it there. And the first time that I made the connection between the relative minor and the chord that I was in, that was like beautiful. There's that melodic stuff. So just a lot of like trial and error trying to get those certain sounds. Like why does this sound happy and mine sounds sad? And then you figure that out. You know, once, I mean, learning the relative minor for me was like a big one. And then I knew that, okay, if this song is like an, a happy A chord, I'm going to go into the F sharp and play my little blue scale. And if I want to make it sad, you know, I'll go up to the the other one if it's like in a minor key. And then you kind of mix and match. And that was something when I first learned that, like a huge light went off. Okay, so I can play this part here in the F sharp position for the happy part, but then I can go up and I can bend some strings in this bluesy scale and then, you know, come back to this and, you know, put a little bit of tension or, or something in it. And that was kind of a big deal for me but it just took a long time and scales in particular which are really important i guess and they get pushed all the time in youtube videos they'll show you these little box positions so then you're playing whenever it comes time to solo you, you get stuck in this box yeah and what i did pretty early on was i learned to play not across the neck but up and down the neck and starting you know i wasn't going from top to bottom but just a little bit like in the scale and I found things like what I used now all the time is like, let's say you are in a song in E and you're playing like a minor E and you want to start the song off on a low E, depending on what the song is, it might be best to start at on the D string at the second fret, just for the way that that note will punch out more than if you're on the seventh fret on the A string, but it just depends. Little things like that that you learn just from you know the way things sound and the way they react when you pick them is i think that helped me from i think that came from me like learning the scale like this is you know i just seem like i'm stuck in one place what if i take the same notes and learn how to go up the neck and down the neck and maybe just go from the d string out you know for something for if you're playing in the key of a and i think that was really helpful because then that also opens up you can add slides, you know, and, you know, it's up and down. And then those little in-between notes that you can do as you're going up and down the neck. That was really kind of like a revelation for me and, a, and learning about the octave too. It's like, okay, this is this chord right here. When I'm playing the scale that somebody showed me works right here when you're in this key. And if I go up here, I can find that. For me, it was just analyzing a fretboard and just learning where everything was for certain keys. And then, you know, you get your little patterns and, you know, your kind of your little habits. And then you just got to push beyond that when you get bored with that. But it's a long road. And I don't really know. I mean, theory may have helped a little bit, but, you know, I don't know. I think it's, you know, a lot of the players that I came up in were, uh, you know, were not theory guys. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, give me an example of something that you was like, kind of like you were kind of felt like you were kind of stuck. And then you noticed something that kind of caused you to jump ahead. Oh man, I, I can't think of a, a specific time, but, but it's funny when you were mentioning like happy, sad, I totally made those associations, right? Like, so seventh chords to me sounded country, you know, minor chords sounded sad, major chords sounded happy. So the, so I made those associations just like you did with the way something sounded. And then 
like you too, I was the same way. I learned that damn scale on the fifth fret in A. <laughs> and so that was my go-to all the time. And, but, but that's, that is, those associations are exactly what I did too. It's like, well, wait a minute, this sounds, this, this sounds minor to me. So now I have to figure out, like you were saying, like where in, in, in the scale or, or where on the fretboard, I have to find these notes in order to, um, make what I'm doing sound right over these chords. And like, I, I've taken lessons over the years, but when I say lessons, it's like some stony dude that was just, that I just wanted him to show me how to play songs or certain songs. Right. right? So it wasn't like I was very, (laughs) but like I I remember this one cat was cool because he was, he was kind of addressing that, like, you know, you know, get out of your rut and get, go up on the neck and then also just play different shapes. Right. Like, you know, you're playing that one chord or that one scale. That's great, but try different shapes. You know, and and like you were saying, like get get up on the neck, go down on the neck, and um, and find different different ways to to um to accomplish these things. But yeah, I um, for me, I'm the same way. I'm I'm pretty illiterate in terms of reading music, but like you were saying, all the people that we idolized growing up were the same way, and they were playing rock and roll, which doesn't really require any kind of theory per se, but, um, but I mean, over the years I've been, I've wanted to get more, you know, literate in, in, and maybe someday I will, because I love jazz guitar. I love classical guitar, but I just, I don't know. I just don't have the patience for it or I don't stick with it. And so I always revert back to just my Rocky blues hackery, you know, listening to songs and things like that. So, um, yeah, but I don't know. Do you, or is there a specific moment you can recall where the, you know, the light went off over your head or, cause I can't think of a specific time. I'll try to do it when you're talking, but, but again, it was just this, yeah, it was this gradual thing. And, and I'm such a slow, I'm slow. So like, <laughs> I, I, I imagine I just forever, I was playing that goddamn, you know, scale on, on the fifth fret forever. And people were probably time signatures were funky for me. I must, oh, yeah, they like, still are I'm a four, four guy. And so, uh, you know, weird nine, eight, seven, whatever, so weird time signatures always threw me for a loop. So, and they still do. Yeah. So but that's another thing about theory that, you know, I never really, or even just through osmosis, right. I never got the hang of like, I'm just a four, four guy for the most part. I mean, waltzes are easy to, to parse really, but yeah. So was there a, was there a lightning bolt moment for you when you kind of, you know, that you can call, recall and that, that kind of, made you realize, oh, shit, you know? You know, probably lots of little ones over the years. I mean, pretty early on, I mean, there's like the the major and minor pentatonic scale. And I kind of learned those from, you know, whatever they were, the strict rules of those, you know, those keys. But pretty early on, I was deviating from that. Like, you know, it's like, these notes sound good with them. You know, I'm going to use this note or this note or this yeah. note. And then if once you, you know, start put looking into theory, you see that, oh, that's, you know, that's the Mixolydian. That's why those notes sound good there. But I didn't really use that to find those notes. I found those notes because I heard them in other songs or they just sounded good to me. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, you know, one of my f- funny things you'll hear all the time is people like slamming the pentatonic scale. Like, oh, I think you, that, that's, you know, you think the pentatonic scale is creative. It's like, it's just a bunch of notes. Someone listening to my playing is probably going to say, well, there's a lot of major pentatonic scale based off of those series and don't stick to that in any way i mean i'll take whatever and it turns out you know once i started getting curious and looking at 
things like the Mixolydian scale. It's like, well, I use that all the time. I just didn't know that that's what it was. I mean, those notes you hear in a lot of music and that's, and I think more often than not, you hear that in a lot of music and you'll hear these people analyzing these songs and telling you, well, this is Mixolydian. See, there it is. And the, per the person that came up with it had no idea what the Mixolydian scale was. Did I call it the Mi Mixolydian? See, I don't even know the names <laughs> like of these scales. <laughs> Or there's actually a mode. It's not even a scale. It's a mode, right, right. which is something I learned. So, yeah, it's funny because once you start getting curious about this stuff and learning it, you figure out that some of the stuff you just you absorbed through just getting to know the fretboard, getting to know how chords work, just like sonically, you know, and these things, they just like kind of fall into your repertoire. I, you know, if you analyze the songs, I probably play based off the major pentatonic way more than the minor pentatonic because i guess it's just the nature of the songs that you're you're playing in you know and a lot of times you go back and forth between them and as far as various modes i'll have to look at see what like the dorian and the, the ionic or whatever it is the, the moronic mode or whatever it is because i'm probably do, doing that i mean it's just absorbent and that's what i thought was so fascinating about this is there's many ways to approach it and you know and just coming by the dummy way like we did, I mean, you still absorb a lot of this stuff. And being older and curious, you start looking at this stuff and it's like, oh, that's why I like to do that, because it's actually a thing. And I'm wondering that if maybe if, you know, learning some of this stuff, maybe if that will inspire you, maybe you can come up with more stuff that where you would have been stuck the other way. So maybe like a, a marriage of the two, illiteracy and literacy could kind of like yield something. So. I like that. Yeah, I like that. That that's that's a good point. And it, it, like you were saying, yeah, I remember seeing interviews with you know Hendrix or or famous musicians that I really liked, and and somebody you know in an interview, and they'd ask him kind of about you know, do you read music? And he said, no, I don't read music at all. And and so I mean, I, and that's another thing for people to realize too. It's like, and I think, I think both you and I would say, look, if you if you want to go learn theory, I think that's it's probably the one of the best things you can do for foundationally just to to know that stuff and you know there are benefits to that but if if you're just a player like you and I there's still plenty of ways to like you're saying absorb music and and learn if you're paying attention about how to play differently in different contexts so that what you're doing sounds right or sounds good to you at least and that's the thing i always marvel at is just are people who are so musically illiterate, but so creative, you know, in terms of being able to produce like such cool stuff, you know, and it's like, yeah, but I, and I think, I think it is to your point too. I think it's fascinating too. When you, when somebody points out, Oh, well, that's the Mixolydian scale or whatever. And you're like, Oh, okay. Um, and, and as we get older, we do get curious and I'm the same way. Like I'll, I got into tab for a while too, because I wanted to learn more. And again, some of the tab is accurate. Some of it's not just like sheet music really actually. Right. But, so, and, and another thing that has benefited me and my illiteracy to learn songs is like YouTube videos or, or videos of people playing. Cause I'm a, I'm a weird guy. Cause if, if I'm learning like a cover of a song, I want to know where they played it on the neck. Right. That's important. So, yeah. yeah. So if I can see somebody play that where they played it, 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 I, I get jazzed about it because it's like, oh, cool. Because because sometimes I'll learn it and I'll, I'll, it sounds right, but I'll be playing it at a totally different part of the neck than somebody that I, you know, I'm trying to learn from. So, and that really makes a difference. I mean, and, and it's taught me to kind of like 
You know, if I'm doing something in a place that's easy, like up the neck, sometimes it's like you just fall to that. You know, I can do this little kind of lick that they're doing. It sounds easy up there. But when you find out where they're doing it, it might be lower down the neck, higher up on strings. It just totally, it's just that extra little click. So then you just know that, oh, hey, I'm coming up with my own part. And I know that if I go up here, it's going to be easy to play, but it's not quite going to have the bite that it does when I play it down here. So you just bring in those little tools. So, and that's, yeah, that's a really good point like being able to see where people play stuff on the neck. And then if you start to think about, well, why did they play it there? It's so much easier to play here. And you think, well, it's either because the next phrase that they're playing comes easier down here, or it just totally makes sense. It just has little and phrasing and note choice. And, you know, I think somebody just starting out who's like absorbing all technical side of it, should be, you know, kind of aware that don't lose sight of like feel and, you know, and even being a little like rough or then just one of the reasons you always hear for people like being more knowledgeable about something is so you can know the rules to break the rules, which is totally true. Yeah. I mean, and just, which is, I think, one of the reasons why I want to do it, because maybe I can find something that I haven't thought before if I have a little bit more knowledge. Yeah. But watching a technical player who doesn't have any feel is something to, I mean, and then it's like certain people will play and you can tell they're playing scales. I mean, you should know the scales, but if you, if you're playing sounds like you're running scales, I, there's like players who make careers out of that where they sound like they're just, you know, running scales over yep. and over. It's like, Oh, that person knows that scale really well. Look at them go. But it's like, <laughs> I don't know. There's, I mean, it's, it's you play the notes and not the scale was something I always thought told myself. It's like, all right, you know, the scale, there it is. Now here's the song, find some notes and play notes and, you know, melodies and notes and things like that instead of like scale. So learning it and then trying to get it, it out of your mind. So it's not so central to like, here's the scale. Okay. I'm in the scale, stay on the scale. It's like find the notes and use the notes and skip strings and things like that, which I still have a hard time, you know, remembering one thing that I did the other day when it, cause this was all in my mind, a great piece of music to kind of look at to see how this person played over the chords is really a great thing. And if you play it, the original opening riff is way up the neck. It's in D it's way up the neck, but if you play it down and a lower D so you can just kind of follow where it goes with the chords, it's really cool is um, the opening lick to all the young dudes. Oh, cool. That um, just the way that, that's played over those chords is just like totally brilliant. I mean, and if you slow it down and just play and say, okay, he's, here's the chords, he's descending down, he's going to this and he hits this minor chord and the, the notes just follow that beautifully. And they're, they're really melodic. And I mean, I kind of stole a lot from that idea of that song time and time again. Yeah. I love that example because it is a good example of, of, really good note choice over a chord progression. And, and it really, it reminded me of what I've been doing a lot in the last several years is pl trying to play melodies of songs on the guitar, right? So oh, yeah. whatever the singer's doing, I try to play that on the guitar and that forces me to play completely differently than I would just, you know, riffing over the chord progression, right? Because there's a lot of melodies to songs like standards or or just lots of songs don't follow just that, like you're saying, like a, like a natural, you know, a linear um, scale. Right. And, and to what you were saying earlier too, that's what moves me is like, I consider like scales and all that stuff 
kind of the foundational stuff that you work on, you know, like kind of lifting weights and, and doing all your exercises so that when you do whatever it is you're doing, yeah, you forget about that stuff, but it's, it's, it's in there. And then you, you play the sport or you play the song or play music, right? Cause there's a difference between scales and the, and the technical part of music and then the music you create, right? Cause all of that is really just right. getting ready to express yourself in a way that will move people. Right. And that's, and you, like you say, I mean, there are people that they're more technical and stuff and that, and that's a thing. Right. But that's more like, to me, that's more like watching somebody do acrobatics or something or appreciating their dexterity and their speed or, you know what I mean? Rather than just going, God, that song is beautiful. Right. Like just listening to a piece of music and going, fuck the way that is structured and the, the melody and how it plays against the music is just beautiful, you know, and it's amazing. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's what I dig. And that's what moves me in terms of, and so all of this stuff I did, like you're saying, like, cause I was, I was trying to get into jazz and I was taking lessons from this cat and I was, I was trying to play, you know, jazz leads, but it sounded, it just sounded like I was running a scale and it's like, fuck, this is, this sucks. I can't get out of my head. Right. To just, you know, play a melody or, or, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. The thing of it is, is all those melodies that you mentioned, I mean, you, you pull your head out of like the standard scales that you're used to, but all that melody is, you know, in theory, once you look at it, it's like, oh, he was playing a scale or a set of scales, but it's not the way that you think about it. It's just, you know, all the other like things come into play. Like I'm sure, you know, all the young dudes. The, um, the main mother shit thrown in there. But um, it's like when you start to play like melody, like you're talking about, you, st- you, you unhook yourself from that kind of thinking. You're just looking for the notes, you know, and I think if you did analyze it, you would find that it, you know, it does work out in a theory way. But just breaking loose from trying to figure that out is, you know, I mean, that's I've said that before. I think when we were talking about lead guitar playing, like whenever I get stuck on anything, that's the first thing I do is like, all right, what is the singer singing? If I'm playing over like you know, a verse or a chorus or something, what are they singing there? And even if I don't play, it's very rare that I just play the melody that they're playing, but it, it leads you in a place where you can come up to, with something. Either it'll be something based off part of the melody or it'll be something that's totally different from the melody, but that that just going over the melody led you to that place. So that's a really, a really important thing to do, I think. And it's cool and it's challenging. It's nice to try to like take someone's voice and what they're singing and then find it on the guitar and, you know, and then come up with a part based off that either, uh, you know, restating of that part or something totally different that that led to. Yeah, totally. And like you're saying too, about like, cause there are the, there are just the notes that are within a melody or whatever. But then also if, if you're talking about a vocalist, there's inflection, there's like you were even saying, playing guitar, there's, you can play a note, you can slide up to a note, you can bend up to a note, you can bend down to a note. So that's what's fun too. Um, after you, you know, get some dexterity and things like that and, and learn is to is to play around with that. It's like, how can I emote essentially this phrase better? Because because that's really what most instruments try to do anyway, is kind of emulate the human voice in a lot of ways, especially when you're soloing, right? And so that's another reason to kind of cue on like vocals and, and a melody is, is come back, coming back to that, I think is, is really important because it helps. It really helps me kind of just remember, Oh yeah. It's like, it's about putting notes together in a beautiful way. 
and you're like you're saying it, it is all whatever it, it, it's probably some scale or, or it's a mode or whatever but or it's based on that but um yeah that's the way i come at it too sometimes i feel an inferiority complex like i should know more theory than i do but but I try not to beat myself up about it too much I, because I think I try to find ways to inform myself w- with my playing so that I, I can kind of at least, you know, try to do the right things in the right moment, you know, in context. Do you ever feel kind of like you wish you would have learned theory or, or does it, do you give a shit about it at all? Oh, you know, if it was something I could do and, you know, just like poof, I know theory. I would love to do it, but right now I'm just kind of curious about it. I don't want to go down a deep, a deep well um, of learning it, but I am curious about it. I'm, I'm curious more than ever. And I'm really into, I went through a huge period of where in through a couple of bands too, where I just wanted things to be really simple, consciously simple. Like I was really into like, you know, roots music and country music. And I'm like, you know, I don't care if this song just has a one, four or five in it with maybe a little bridge in it. I'm just going to go with that and see what I can do with it. And that was great. I mean, it was really challenging to play less um, and just keep things really simple. And that was cool. I'm happy to do that. But um, you know, one thing that really changed my mode of thinking, which might be why I'm thinking about this, what I'm thinking about now is I watched that um, McCartney three, two, one documentary. And that kind of maybe kind of inspired me to kind of look, I, you know, to explore. I need some more chords or just some more, you know, way that I can make parts work together. I thought that was really inspiring for that. So that kind of sent me down, you know, kind of a, the more, you know, technical rabbit hole of, you know, and I'm still, and it's so frustrating because you'll hear, you know, you break down some of these like Beatles songs and you, these great chord progressions, you're like, that's great. So then you learn those chords uh, you know, and try to bring them in, but you can't come up with cool things that they did with them. And it's like, damn it. I thought if I just learned the chords, I'd come up with, you know, some part. I mean, that, that's what's so great about the guitar is you could spend your entire life just like never being satisfied. <laughs> that's right up our alley. Yeah. I, I watched that too. And I thought, well, they don't, they didn't read music either. None of them do. And even McCartney, no, but, but they knew. So they had some real old school stuff going on. They knew some yeah, stuff they or, had, or they just got, I don't think they just got extremely lucky. I think they, if they were, you know, where they were educated in music, I think was of a different time. So yeah. they had access to all these chords that, you know, once rock and roll got going, they're like, we don't need that. We don't need that. Yeah. We don't need well, that. I, I think the piano foundation is strong yeah. in Lennon and McCartney. And so there was whatever, you know, I think just that seeped into them. And then just their create. I think they're just. I think it's an example of just people who have sheer creativity, and who can take this stuff and make just beautiful stuff. Because I was thinking the same thing. And one of my the coolest uh, chord progressions and passages is the "She's so heavy," you know that bone. You know those arpeggios. That's insane. Like I would never think to put those chords together or that or the whatever those modes are. But it sounds so freaking badass. It's like. But yeah, so I, I, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, sometimes I feel inferior to complex. Other times I, I am inspired, like you're saying, like but all my idols in rock and roll, 99% of them don't read music or can't read music. And somehow they muddled through and created some cool shit. So that kind of keeps me going in terms of trying to play and trying to write. Um, do you find when you're writing, do you find it, I don't know. Maybe does, do you find it a detriment not to know music at all or how to read music or. 
the reading part, I don't know so much. I mean, it's just like the technical of like knowing how chords go together, uh -huh. I think might, you know, be holding me back a little bit for just being purely creative. But after so many years of just like coming up with things just from a, you know, a sonic, what, you know, the way that things sound together. And I don't think it's been too much. I just, I mean, for writing for me is something where I've always had to be inspired and then it comes pretty naturally. And I haven't been inspired in a long time in the context of like writing. Yeah. So I've been inspired to play a lot and come up with things, but, and, you know, in the, one of the bands I'm in now, there's going to be some new songs. So I'll get a chance to, you know, work that, but so yeah, a, a little bit, maybe I don't, you know, the reading music part of theory, I don't know how beneficial that would be unless, I don't know, you know, I'm such an idiot about it. I don't, maybe, you know, learning to read would teach you more about why chords work together well and yeah. stuff. It's all, if it's all part of one big thing then I'm sure it would be beneficial. Yeah. I don't know. I'm too stupid to know about. Oh, come on. If it's making me stupid. I'm in the same boat. But no, I mean, it's the fact that you can do this for 40 years and still be passionate about it is something, even though you can't read. Totally. I think that's a good point because I'm still jazzed about it. And I still like, I can't not play my guitar. Like it, It's kind of funny. Like sometimes I will go a few days without playing it, but then I, I always come back to it. I always Jones for it, you know, Yeah. which is good. So, you know, I don't have that feeling of selling all my shit and no, never selling all my other shit and buying more guitars maybe right. but the other way around no i i just came out of the period where i went probably a month um where i had one show so i had to practice for that but i had my guitar's been in the case for almost a month and that's why i came out of that like now i'm like trying to spend as much time as i can to catch up and and um you know, I, I come up with these ideas from something that I like to do, which is really fun is, you know, do grab a guitar and sit down at the laptop and open YouTube and just go to go down a rabbit hole and just pick up whatever you can watch this video here. Oh, that's cool. Kind of strum along, listen to them, watch what they're playing. Oh, that's cool. I'll, I, I'll nick that. I'll play around with that in the context of what I'm trying to do here. And you just end up, you end up like looking at artists that you never thought you'd be looking at and learning things and just, I mean, it's a great way to nick a bunch of little things because I, I can't sit there and do a whole like, here, let me, we're going to teach you how to play the solo to Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, and just spend like hours trying to figure that out. It's more like, you know, I'll watch part of that and go, oh, he's doing that right there to do that. He's bending up to that note. That's cool. I'm taking that. And then I'm down the, down the rabbit hole more. So YouTube kind of like rabbit hole with a guitar is, is a great I like that. Froze. I like that. Yeah, I do that a lot too. And I'm sim. I, it's funny. You and I are a lot alike in terms of like I, 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 I'm probably ADHD because I'm the same way. It's like I've I've learned parts of so many songs. Like I start a song and it's like people go, "Oh, I'll play that song," and it's like that's all I learned. I just learned that with the intro or whatever. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some songs I've learned end to end, but or a lot of songs, but. I'm the same way. Like I, I, I don't know. For some reason, I have don't have the patience or the, the attention span. But yeah, that's what I do too. Little bits and pieces, and then yeah. And then what's cool is it does seep into your playing, or or you you make a conscious thing to say, oh yeah, I learned that one cool funky riff, and then maybe how can I incorporate it into something I'm doing? So yeah, I dig that. Well, cool, buddy. 
Well, it's good to connect with you again, finally. Uh, we'll try to get yeah, back. I've been, off. Oh, I've been off the grid. Yeah, well, stocking up on firewood and got a generator and good for you, man. Ammo. Do you have enough ammo? I hope so. <laughs> we'll find out. All right, Once the zombies come over the fence. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks for listening as always. And um, yeah, Chris and I are going to try to get back on the horse and, and get stuff back. I sent a couple t-shirts to a couple listeners. It was so cool. Um, they sent a, I, I'll, next, next one I'll, I'll do a shout out, but it was so cool getting, we totally dig hearing from you out there, whoever's listening and keep it coming, man. Email us with ideas, email us with um, criticism, whatever we dig it. You got anything else, Chris? No, other than my wife is just texting me that I have perfect. to go and help her out. So perfect. perfect timing. All right. Until next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>